Hey, just uh, turn to someone next to you and let them know what you had for dinner last night. And, uh, and tell them that you're excited to be here and all that stuff. Even if you're not, just say it anyways. We just have the motto, fake it till you make it around here, right? No, not true, not true. Good to see everybody. I, um, I mean, I, I was away last week, uh, told you guys about my uncle, and, um, but I, uh, I'm, I'm being away, both Becky and I, we were just amazed at all the text messages and the Facebook messages and all of the different things just for our family, and I, and I know that uh, she was saying it and I was saying it, we just, man, we just, even being away, just appreciate you guys so much. And, uh, and we were excited to get back. It was hard to leave family, especially when, when things weren't resolved the way we wanted to yet. Um, but, it, but it's just great to be back with our church family. And so we're, uh, we're going to get ready to do um, our baby dedication time. I'm going to share for a few minutes here. And, uh, and our, our staff and leadership uh, said only a few minutes. And so if I go over, then I'll hear it this week. But you guys won't know how much time uh, I set aside for this. So you won't, they'll know. And they'll tell me. But uh, uh, so in, in baby, I want to tell you the reason why uh, we do baby dedication um, and, and what it's not. For, in our tradition here, we do, uh, we do a baby dedication instead of what some churches might do, uh, uh, an infant baptism. You don't have to raise your hand, but I'm guessing um, across this room there's all kinds of different um, church backgrounds and things like that. And I'm sure some of you were baptized as a baby and some of you have had your babies baptized in, in different churches and different faiths like that. And totally fine, totally fine. In our, in our church, what we do is when we see throughout Scripture is more of, a, of an example of kind of a setting aside of, of the child, kind of a, um, a, a really a dedication of saying, you know what, as a family and as a parent and as a church, we are dedicating this child to Jesus and we're just saying we are going to do our best as far as it depends on us to raise this child to be the man or woman of God that they're called to be. And, and so in our ceremony, the heavy is more on the parents and the church than it is on the child. We do some prayer and some and prophecy and some declaration over the over the children but the heavy is really on the parents saying you know what i i declare and i agree that this is a significant moment for me to say i'm setting apart my children for the kingdom of god amen does that sound good? So that's what we do. I want to share just for a minute because it, it is in Scripture um, some different examples. One of the early places, um, some of you may remember in Genesis 22, the story of Abraham. Everyone heard of Abraham? Abraham and Isaac. And um, How many of you, like, if you've ever got a gift or, or a, someone made a promise and then they said, um, actually, I'm going to take that back? Anybody, you know, like you got a gift and, or, or maybe the gift came with a receipt and you're like, what, a receipt? I thought that was a gift. And, you know, that feeling of, wait a minute, I thought you gave that to me. I thought that that was a promise. I can imagine what was going on in Abraham's mind because Abraham received a promise. The promise to Abraham was this, was from God to Abraham, you're going to have a son. And through your son, there's actually going to be many, many nations. As, as, as far as like the sands on the seashore, there's going to be all of these nations, all of these people groups are going to come from you, right? And then, and then at some point, then God comes back to Abraham and says, you remember the promise? In fact, he said it this way. He says, you remember that son, the son that you love, the, the, the one that I promised to you? He says, I, I want it back. Like, oh, God, I want it back. It's, it's really what he says. In fact, he, it was more than just I want it back. He says, I want you to sacrifice your son. Now, pause there. 
There, uh, there had, had been up to this point and, and beyond this point, there has never been any precedence for the Almighty God to do human sacrifice. There, uh, outside of, uh, outside of, uh, of a child sacrifice, uh, uh, outside of his own son, there had never been child sacrifice, human sacrifice. This was a, a pagan ritual. And so you see Abraham... He's listening to God, and he had to have, like, cleared out his ears a little bit and said, are you, are you serious? And would, if it were you, if it were me, wouldn't we say, I, I, don't, I think that might have been the hot wings last night. That might have been some bad pizza that, that I had. You might have gone back a couple of times and said, just to make sure. And, and God said, I want your son, your only son, the one that you love, that one, the one that the promise came through. And so Abraham's response was just incredible because I don't even know, man, I, I consider myself a, uh, you know, a Christian, uh, consider myself a believer, I consider myself a, a man that, that walks close with God, and I try to put myself in Abraham's shoes, and I just don't know if I could do the same thing. He takes his son, his only son, the one he, love, he loves, after hearing the voice of God, and he walks up the mountain, and the whole time, He's thinking about this thing. Like, like God, you're either going to, to provide another sacrifice or you're going to raise my child from the dead. But either way, like, I know I've got to obey your voice. And so he takes his son up to the top. And, and to make the long story shorter is, and even Isaac, he's up. He's like, so where's the sacrifice, Dad? And, I mean, all that, can you imagine what's going on in Abraham's heart? And he gets up there, and I, I love the picture because Abraham actually raises the knife. His son is tied up on the altar. And you can imagine, I mean, I, I think Isaac is a big part of the story. I mean, he's alive. He's sitting there all wrapped up and, and Dad, are you, are you sure? I mean, did you hear God's voice? I mean, he's a part of this too. And Abraham goes to plunge the knife into his son to obey, to sacrifice, to really give the promise back and say, Say, uh, you gave it to me and I give it back. And at that moment is when God provides a ram to be the sacrifice. And you know what I found out? It, it wasn't, the story wasn't about Abraham. Or, I mean, it wasn't about Isaac. It was about Abraham. The, the story was, it wasn't about the, the, Isaac as far as the sacrifice. It was about could, could Abraham position his heart in a place that said, there is nothing more important than you. How many know in our culture, a lot of times our family is more important than God? Right? At, least in, at least in our time, at least in the way we, we, we operate, it, it would seem like our family and our children and, is more important. Than, and he wanted to know, even your children, even this promise, am I more important? The, there's all kinds of examples. One other example, just real quick. Um, do you guys remember in 1 Samuel? Do you guys remember the prophet Samuel? Big, awesome prophet in the Bible. His mom, his mom was an amazing woman of God. Her name was Hannah. And Hannah, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11, and, and this was after, this was after uh, she had been barren for, for years and years. And in that culture, it was a, it was a thing that, that it was a hard deal. I mean, uh, you were supposed to have children in that culture, right? You were supposed to. And so the shame and the guilt that she walked in, and she was just pleading with God. And, and she says this. She says this to God in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11. If you give me a child, I'll give him back to you to serve you for all the days of his life. Imagine that. 
Imagine making that declaration before your baby even comes and says, God, if you give me a child, I will give him back to you. But isn't that what we do as parents, as believers, as Christians, where we say, God, we give our children back to you? Isn't he, wouldn't you agree that God loves your child and your family more than you could ever love them? And so this was the, that picture, and so the story goes on, and Hannah gets pregnant, and it was a miracle because she had been barren, and then eventually she gives birth, and she wings him, nurses him, and then when, when Samuel was ready, she gave him to the work of the Lord, and he grew up in the temple with the, with the priest Eli. And so the test is this. This is God's test for us. And you know what? I know this is about baby dedication, but couldn't this be for any of us? What's the thing that you need to lay down before the Lord? What, you, you came in today and you thought, yeah, I'm just going to come to a baby dedication and a baptism and there's not, this, this will be what that is. And, but what if God's talking to you and saying, what is really, really important to you that you're elevating above me right now and I'd just love to have that? For them, it was their children. For, for some of the parents today, it's, it's children. But for us, what, what, what could that be? And, and the, the test, the God's test is this, are we willing to give our children back to the Lord? Are we willing to give whatever that is back to the Lord? I mean, I, I look at, I mean, I, today I'm going to have the opportunity with my wife. We have a four-week-old, and we're going to give our child back to the Lord today. Man, and I think, I think I know what's best for Lydia, right? I mean, she's in my home, and I get to be around her, and I know what's best for her. And I know how to raise her, right? And we're, we're raising two other girls. And I know, and this is my child. And, and the moment I start thinking those ways, I have to think, you know what? He knows what's best for my child. He loves her more than I could ever love her. The example in the New Testament in Luke chapter 2, after Jesus was born and he was eight days old, Mary and Joseph dedicated their child. Jesus. And they took Jesus to the temple and Simeon was there. And the cool thing was that Simeon had been praying for years and years and years to see the Messiah. And, and God told him in his heart, God told Simeon that you will not die. Now, Simeon's an old man by this point. And God told him, Simeon, you, won't, Simeon, you will not die until you see the Messiah, until you see Jesus. And Mary and Joseph come walking into the temple and he places his eyes on Jesus and it was like he knew in that moment, Holy Spirit told him in that moment, this is it. And Simeon starts to then prophesy and declare the destiny of Jesus over him. And that's part of what we're going to do even today as we have parents come up. Is Part of our process, we'll, we will uh, you know, anoint the children with oil and we're, we'll dedicate them and set them apart. But we... Pray and declare and come into agreement with God's thoughts over these children. And it was just like they did it with Jesus. He's eight days old and the prophet Simeon is right there and he says, man, this is not just a little baby. This is the savior of the world and he just comes into agreement with the destiny. Can we as a church family come into agreement with the prophetic destiny over these children today? I think we can. I want to invite the parents to come on up and uh, let's see. And we're going to have to be careful of these uh, tables. Well, that would be fun, though, if, like, your children knock over the juice. I'm all right. I'm all right with that. They'll just make an adventure today. 
Keith and Becca and Gage and Becca and the Tramblies, my wife. And we're going we're gonna to start, Scott and Tony, would you want to come up here and, and Pastor Bo? We're, maybe we'll come right in front of the table so that we could, yeah, there we go. I want to share something with all of us, and this is including me, and, and, and have us then uh, come into agreement and declare that we agree with this. And then I'm going to share something with the church. And, and when I'm done with these, these uh, statements, I just want us as parents up here to say, by God's grace, we will, and as family members. And if there's any other family members that you want up with you, you're welcome to come up right now. And then as a church, then. We're going to commit to helping as a kind of a village raising a child. We're going to help. We're going to commit to being that for these, these children and these parents. And by God's grace, we will is what we're going to say here. But there's just key generational impact that happens this day. I was talking with somebody, uh, somebody just this last week. And, uh, and I was amazed because I was, I was standing in this uh, hospital room with my uncle lying on a bed and, uh, and it was probably like a 10 by 10, 12 by 12 hospital room. And he's lying there, and we have 19 family members with my dad and mom on speakerphone right there on, on Uncle Rick's chest. And we're worshiping. We're praying in tongues. We're declaring truth. We're praying, booger crying the whole way. Everybody, we're like weeping and praying and having faith and not having, I mean, it was just, but, but like, like 19 of us, 20 including him, in that room, closed the door. Even grandma and grandpa in their wheelchairs and, and, and grandma's grabbing Rick's foot. And, and uh, my aunt had like lotioned his foot. And it was, anyway, that's a whole nother, whole nother story. <laughs> I was like... I grabbed his foot on accident, and I was like, this is, this is strange. But anyways, <laughs> and I was just thinking about the, just in my life, uh, to not take for granted my heritage, my, the, the legacy of the Lombard family. And I'm sitting there, and there's, there's like five generations of Lombards just praying and declaring and agreeing. And I was talking with my friend, and, and he was saying that he had like, like one or two generations. And, and I said, you know what? My great-grandpa, I'm a fourth-generation minister. My great-grandpa had to, like, start it. He had to, like, make a choice that, you know what? I, I don't have a history of believers in my family. It's going to start with me. My great-grandpa had to say that. And he did. And he, he plowed the way. He was the forerunner, if you will, in my family. So the, and great-grandpa's been, been gone for a long, long time. And, and, but I imagine if he could look into that hospital room and see the generations surrounding my uncle right there. Wouldn't that, so I, I look at us, right? We can make the choice today. You guys can make the choice that your generations, as far as it depends on you, that someday you're going to be gathered around someone else's hospital bed and there's going to be 20 or 30 of you in there praising the Lord and worshiping. Can we make that choice today? I think we can. And so let me just, I want, to, I want to share this with us. This will be kind of the declaration that we're going to come into agreement with for us as parents. Do we declare and agree that we're going to raise our children to have a life dedicated to Christ? That we're going to raise them as an example that will lead our children to Jesus? That our home is going to be a place of prayer? 
that they'll be able to learn the life-changing power of God's word, that they'll have opportunities to connect deeply in the family of God and that they'll be provided opportunities to experience the power and presence of God? Do we agree and declare that we're going to pray for their salvation and that they would one day personally accept Christ as Savior and Lord? And if we all agree, would you say, by God's grace, we will? By God's grace, we will. And could I talk to us then too, as a church family and as extended family? There's a responsibility for us to then model Jesus around these children, whether we make it back to the children's church or whether you're serving coffee or greeting them at the door or whether you're worshiping or praying and here at some place, we all have a responsibility to model and to live Jesus around them. And, and could we agree with that responsibility, really that mantle of responsibility to stand with these families to the best of our ability as we pray and as we model Christ that we're going to do that for them? And could, if you agree with that, could we just say, by God's grace, we will? By God's grace. We will. In Jesus' name. I'm gonna, we're going to go down the road with, with each of these, and we're going to um, share their name and the meanings of their name and, and anoint them with oil and then and pray and prophesy over them. And I've asked um, one of our elders, Scott and, and Tony Harvey, to, um, to be here over Lydia first. And, um, Pastor Boat, you have the, the name. You want to go ahead and... Oh, I'm doing this. All right. Sorry. All right. He said no. He said no to me just now, in case you didn't hear that. <laughs> wow. Let's see here. Lydia Joe Lombard. And she just started to smile. I don't know if that was a gas smile or if that was a real smile, but... She Lydia Joe Lombard, your name means a woman of faith and hospitality. Joe means God is gracious. And as your dad and pastor, and she's going to grow up and thank me for being her pastor too, by the way. I dedicate you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Scott and Tony. You know, Lydia, as the uh, third also from my, ch uh, my, my parents, I was the third in our family with two older sisters. So not only does she have a great legacy of having a, a father that's a pastor and a, a grandfather that's a pastor, but also she's got two older sisters that will be serving the father. So her position in this family is, is uh, who she will become. So I want to pray into that as well. Heavenly Father, we come before you for, with Lydia. Lift her up, Father, for, before your sight. Father, for you know our days before we were born. But right now, Father, we, we dedicate Lydia to you. And we're thankful, Father, for the heritage that she has uh, through her earthly father and her earthly grandfather. But we know, Father, that there's a heritage that she will realize for her heavenly father. And, Father, we lift her up, Father, and we dedicate her for, to you this morning. And with the, the full recognition, recognition that she will become who she needs to be, Father, in your sight to serve your kingdom. And we pray over her, Jesus, thank you. And Father, just as my hand is touching her ear, I'm reminded of the enemy's attempt 
to prevent her life even from coming to be. And so even now, I just pray that there would be a supernatural hedge of protection around her heart, that she would have ears to hear only the truth of your word, that Satan would never be able to bring deception through anyone, that she would be protected, that nothing would get to her heart, um, but that that is truth, and that that propels her to the call that you have for her life. We give you thanks and praise for creating her, for bringing her to being, and we dedicate her in your name. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And then I'll just share what I felt when I was praying for this morning. Um, It's awesome, Tony, because I heard standing on the word of God and what God says is true and faithful. And I see that for all of her days that she will stand on the word of God and that she, God has favor in her life from the moment that she was conceived till now. So, Lydia, we bless you in the name of Jesus. All right. Thank you. All right. This is Lincoln Elliot Becker. And Lincoln means a settlement by the pool. And we were just thinking about this. Is The verse that came to mind to me when I was saying it was in... Uh, Psalm 1, it said that, that you'll be a tree planted by streams of, of living water. And, uh, and actually, that was, a, that was a whole passage that was prophesied over me years ago. And so I just released that over you, that you're a tree planted by streams of living water. And, uh, and then Elliot, Jehovah is God, and that you would go up to know him as God. And can I dedicate you right now, Mr. Lincoln? We dedicate you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Bo is going to pray and release some prophetic words over him. Lord, we thank you so much for Lincoln. Lord, and I thank you for what his name means. Lord God, that's a place of refreshing, revival, renewing. Lord God, that truly God is my God. Lord God, and I just pray that all the days of his life, Lord God, that he will serve you. Lord God, but he will be a place of refuge for people. Lord God, he will be like that tree planted by the waters. Lord God, that will bear fruit. That will be a place of refreshing. Lord God, that will be a place of renewing. Lord God, that will be a place, Lord, that people will come. That he's, his ears will be open to people. That he will be able to hear what people have to say. But then he'll be able to speak the word of God into their lives. Lord, and we just thank you so much for him. And we just bless him in your son's name. Amen. Amen. You're so cute. Love you, man. Oh, we got here. All right. So this is my. All right. This is Elizabella Joy Laite Trambley. I got it right. Yes. All right. Excellent. And uh, Elizabeth is God is my oath. She's consecrated to God. Um, Isabella means pledge to God. My God is a vow. And I like enjoy a feeling of great happiness and triumph. That's a cool thing to declare over her right now. Hi, baby. Let me, I got to make sure I get her name again here. Elizabella Joy Laite Tremblay. 
I dedicate you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Bo. Lord, we thank you so much for Elizabeth, Lord God, joy. We just thank you so much for her life, Lord. And as, as I was praying this morning, I just heard the Lord say, consecrated to God, Lord, that like what her name means, like Samuel. Lord, and I just pray right now that she will hear the voice of the Lord, Jesus. even at a young age. Lord, Jesus. just like Samuel. Lord, that he woken up and he said, what is that noise? Who's, who's calling my name? Lord, I just pray right now that she will hear the voice of the Lord. Lord God, even right now, even at a young age, Lord God, that she will bring joy to people's lives. Lord God, that she will bring the joy of the Lord, not happiness, but the joy of the Lord. Lord, will be her strength. Lord, that she will be a prophetess in the, in the house of the Lord. That she will bring the word of God that is faithful and true. We just thank you so much for her life. We just bless her in your son's name. Amen. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Thank you, guys. Come on over. Wow. This is Greya Reese Yeager. And her name means lovable, ardent, and fiery. Well, that's a, you raise a little fiery girl. Is that right? Does that run in the family? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jesus' name. Greya Reese Yeager. I dedicate you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Bill. Lord, we just pray right now for Greer Reese. Lord God, a passionate, fiery, lovable person. Lord God, that she will have the fire of God, Jesus. Lord, in her life for all of her days. That everywhere that she walks, the fire of God goes. Lord God, that just like the Israelites followed the, the, the pillar of fire, Lord, that she will follow that pillar of fire, but Lord God, that she'll be able to speak life into the situations that she's around. Lord God, that she'll be able to bring the life of you. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for her, Lord, and all that she's um, gonna do in her life. Jesus. Lord, the passion, Lord God, let her passion never run out. Lord God, let her be passionate about you, Lord, but even as she dances, Lord, Come in on. the future. Lord Jesus. God, let her dance with the passion, the love of the Lord. Lord, and we just thank you so much for her. And we just thank you for Greer Reese, Lord. And we bless her in your son's name. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. Thank you. Praise the Lord. We're going we're gonna to move on here to the, this next part of our service. We're going to receive communion. And uh, so our communion people can start getting ready. Um, this is just, and, and then Pastor Kelly, are you, oh, there you, you guys are all ready to rock. Uh, I just want you to know if you're a guest with us too, is that you don't have to be a member of our church to receive communion. Um, we do ask that you know Jesus as your personal Savior. And if you haven't worked that out, this is a good time to work that out. 
and uh, to grab somebody and, uh, you know, an usher or someone next to you and say, hey, tell me how to, to know Jesus. And uh, this would be a great opportunity. But if you, if you know Jesus as your Savior, um, then you're just going to be part of our family today and to receive communion. And the way we do it is we'll have some communion servers up here at these tables. And, uh, and they'll give you the opportunity to break off a piece of bread and to dip it in the juice. And then you as your family, you can, you can take that together. And um, you can come up as a family. If, if, you're, if you don't have family here today, you can adopt yourself into somebody else's family if you'd like to and, and come up together. And, uh, and Pastor Kelly will lead us in some worship. In a minute, I'll have you guys stand and we'll worship to this song. But I um, wanted to read the scripture here, this classic scripture in 1 Corinthians 11. Starting verse 23, Paul was talking and giving instructions about communion. And he says this, he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. There's all kinds of different thoughts and traditions around communion. And, but one that, that I like is that and instead of it just being a tradition that we do, instead of it just being some bread and juice and we come up and we do this every once in a while we do this on the first Sunday or whatever it is that you could actually meet God at this table I like to think that as I come up and as I drink this juice and as I take this bread that God actually comes near and that there's an opportunity for an encounter with the king of all kings we, we prayed today during worship, we, we prayed for breakthrough over different people's lives and we prayed for, for God to heal and God to, to come through. And, and I like to think that as I come before this table, that this is a moment of breakthrough. So I don't know what you need in your life. Maybe you're praying for an area in your own body of, of an area of health or sickness and you need God to heal you. Or maybe there's an area of financial breakthrough or there's somebody that you're contending for that needs to know Jesus or, or, or maybe there's, there's something else that's going on and you're, and you're praying for breakthrough for someone else. But maybe today as you come and as you remember not only his body that was broken but his blood that was spilt, that you remember that that happened almost 2,000 years ago, not just for your salvation, but for also your healing. That his body was broken so that you could be free, so that, so that you could, could walk in total healing. In fact, the word for salvation is a word in the Greek called sozo. And that word means to be saved, healed, and delivered. And so as you come and as you remember the cross and you remember his blood and his body, would you also come and have a moment with your family that, you know what, it's more than just my salvation. It's also my freedom and my healing this morning. Let me pray. And, and could we stand this morning as we get ready to receive communion at these tables? Jesus all over this room and, and the kids that came in to participate, Lord, we just ask for your presence to fall, for you to touch the lives of every person at the sound of my voice. God, that this would be more than just a remembering, but God, it would be an encounter. And, and in our church, we really value that, God, that we would have moments of encounter with your presence that change us forever. And would you do that right now? And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray.
Amen. And when you're ready, you can just come up to these tables and take the communion and then, and then go back to your seat and we'll just have a time of worship here right now.
baptized today and uh and what we believe it's interesting we did baby dedication and now we're doing water baptism and actually the word baptism in the bible it actually means to be immersed and so we take that literally we hold them under water for about 15 seconds and uh 30 seconds if they're if it doesn't take no i'm just joking no but we do we, we immerse them in the name of the father son and the holy spirit and uh, and what it is as we look in Scripture, the Bible says to be to repent and then be baptized, and and baptism is the declaration. It's that you know salvation can be this personal thing, and and you can do it in your heart. But God wants everyone to go public with their faith, right? And this is the opportunity to go public to say to everybody, to all my friends, all my family, that this is uh, this isn't just a, a, a private thing. This is a thing that changes my life, and I want everyone to know about it. And, and so they're going to, by, by being baptized, they're declaring to the world that this is super meaningful. 
that this is uh, uh, their love for God and, and that they're living for the rest of their life to, to love him and to serve him. And so, girls, why don't you come up here, and, and they're going to share just a minute. Maybe we'll, come, maybe we'll come up to the front here. <laughs> all right, who goes first? Oh, all right. <laughs> all right, I'll hold, I'll hold the mic just in case you get long-winded. Right. She always makes fun of me for being long-winded. So um, so just I just want you to share with everybody um, why, why baptism, and for you even share with them kind of why now. You know, the 11th of June, Jonathan preached about this. And a couple years ago, he and I talked about it. But 25 years ago, we came to know the Lord. Um, so baptized into the body of Christ as Jonathan t- preached it in June. And and really, um, just a few months later, uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, got my prayer language, and just hadn't taken this step. Just, um, I guess, waiting for it to be convenient. We had the pastor that, that we had for a couple years after we came to know the Lord, and we always thought that, Pastor John would baptize us somewhere, somehow, but they didn't have these services every now and then, like like Spirit of Life does, and so just, it was always like, gosh, we need to do that sometime, and nobody presented that opportunity, so um, especially, I mean, like I said, it's been on my mind for a couple years, and, and especially after Jonathan preached in June, it's just, yeah, it's time to, to take that public stand. Time to get her done, right? Let's do it. Natalie, and this is Sharon Heffley, this is Natalie Hewen. I did it because I was scared to, so show my love for Jesus to do it. So to, to overcome the all of this in front of everybody, like, I, I love you, Jesus, right? I'm going to do this in front of everybody. That's incredible. Well, we're so excited, and we're going to worship the Lord and cheer you on. I'm sure there might be a couple people that stand up. You guys think you might be able to stand up and cheer and all that stuff, so let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's have everybody stand and worship. And... Uh, this is reason to celebrate. So as they're coming up out of the water, even while we're worshiping, I give you full permission to cheer and shout and clap. All right, let's celebrate this time. There's the power of sin and darkness. Love is mighty and so much stronger. The King of glory. The King above all kings Who shakes the whole earth With holy thunder Who leaves us breathless In awe and wonder The King of glory The King above all kings This is amazing grace This is unfailing love our chaos back into order who makes the orphan a son and daughter the king of glory 
king above all kings Who rules the nations with truth and justice Shines like the sun in all of his land The king above all kings I sing for all that you've done for me Worthy is Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Yes you are Worthy is the King who conquered the grave Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy is the King good amen man it is something to celebrate amen hey if you could just take a quick seat we're gonna have you guys sit down for a second because I'm gonna have some other people some people stand but just so we I want to take a moment these last five months um, and part of our celebration services to want to honor some people in these last five months we've done some different things in our children's program and um, it's been there's been ups and downs and arounds and all this other stuff but I just want to have the children's workers, if you work in the children's for the last seven or five months, could you please stand? So if you've been in the children's ministry helping, could you stand up for a second? Anybody else? We just want to thank you guys so much. Honestly, um, it has been... 
you guys are our, our heroes, and I mean that um, from the bottom of my heart. Like, it's been an awesome, fun, adventurous ride, and we've changed things up here in ways that we used to do things the way we've done them, and we've changed it, and you guys have been flexible and willing to go, do it. And um, I am so thankful for you and honor you guys so much from the bottom of my heart for what you guys have just jumped in and, and ran with it and said, you know what, I'm going to follow you guys and believe that this is what God's calling us to do. And so thank you guys so, so, so very, very, very much from the bottom of my heart. Um, and so what we're going to do now is um, Kelly's going to lead us one more song, right? Yep. And so you guys can feel free to leave. Um, you're dismissed, but if you want some prayer or whatnot, um, feel free to come up. I'll be up here and um, stuff, and Jonathan, I think, will be back in. And um, So anyways, uh, feel free to go. Thank you guys so much for coming today. God bless you, and have an awesome week. Let's stand together, shall we? There is a river where goodness flows. There is a fountain that drowns sorrows. There is an ocean deeper than fear. The tide is rising, rising. There is a current stirring deep inside. It's overflowing from the heart of God. The flood of heaven crashing over us. The tide is rising. Rising, bursting, bursting up from the ground. We feel it now. Bursting, bursting up from the ground. We feel it now. We come alive in the river. We come alive in the river. We come alive in the river. Come alive in the river.